I'm Arlen Hamilton, and I'm an investor. In 2015, I launched Backstage Capital, a venture capital fund, after experiencing food and housing insecurity for most of my life. I wanted to invest in companies led by founders who are women, people of color, and LGBTQ, just like me. I have invested in more than 150 companies since 2015 and growing. I started Your First Million to understand what it was like to make your first million dollars, get your first million fans or downloads, and to see if there was a common thread between us all. Join me as I talk to people from all walks of life about how they got where they are, what they learned on the way, and where they're going. And for those of you who are wondering, yes, I made my first million. <laughs> Let's talk about it. They slept on me, but now they won't. Because I got a million. Fresh out the mud, but I'm clean and so. Because I got a million. I got my first million. I got my. Hey, y'all. It's Arlen. Welcome back to Your First Million, a podcast where I love sitting down with people, learning about their passions, learning about their story, and most importantly, helping hoping to get some breadcrumbs from them, some information about how they got to where they are so that we can deconstruct that, look back at it, and see if we can uh, be influenced by that in any positive way. Every single episode, every single interview has done that for me, so I hope it's been doing that for you. Today, a little something special. So you might have heard me talk about, or you may already know, Chacho Valadez. He is a backstage capital principal, an investor, and he is also my chief of staff. And Chacho um, stepped in for me to record a couple of interviews, including the one you're going to hear today from Yak co-founder Jordan. Yak, Y-A-C, is a backstage capital investment. They have raised millions of dollars to help small businesses and other companies and bigger corporations actually communicate with each other via audio. So think of uh, Slack, if you've used that before, that before. Slack is actually an investor in them, by the way. Um, you can now push of a button, have a back and forth conversation with your coworker instead of you know, going back and forth on email or picking up the phone or going on Zoom, maybe there's just something really quickly you want to say and you want to just record it very quickly, 15 seconds, 10 seconds. Yak helps you do that, helps you keep it organized, helps you refer back to it. And uh, that statement, this could have been an email. Well, guess what? This could have been, that email could have been a yak. (laughs) So check it out. Um, Really thankful to Chacho for stepping in and interviewing. He's always so thoughtful and always has amazing questions because he studies. I mean, Chacho, uh, what I know about him is that he reads so much and he listens to every podcast known to man about and woman about startups, about investing, about business. And so he is a listener, longtime listener of this program. He is a has been an associate producer since we started two years ago, and now he's stepping in to interview. Um, if you like Chacho, you want to hear more from him, check out an episode we did a few weeks ago uh, about NF- NFTs. He was also on that episode. Check that out and 
you'll be hearing more from Chacho. So check it out. Enjoy. Let us know what you think. Send Chacho some love on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Yeah, all of that. Chacho Valadez and Jordan from Yak. Everyone, welcome to Your First Million. I'm Chacho Valdez, a principal at Backstage and Chief of Staff to Arlen. I'm very happy to have Jordan Walker here with us today. Um, Jordan, you want to introduce yourself and uh, what your company does? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. So my name is Jordan Walker. I'm one of the three co-founders here at Yak, and we are an asynchronous messaging platform for distributed teams. So in a world where we spend too much time on Zoom calls and Slack messages, and WhatsApp messages uh, aren't given enough context, we are the happy medium. So we uh, encourage you to send a voice message or a screen share to kind of get all of the context, beauty, and clarity that a phone call provides, just asynchronous. Very cool. And um, what's the like origin story of how you started your company? How'd you meet your co-founders and, um, and whatnot? Yeah, so our, our story is a bit wild and, and folks tend to love to hear it. So I'll kind of jump all the way back to the beginning. So uh, going all the way back to 2013, freshman year in college, uh, I had it was my birthday, the first day of classes. And I had actually, I actually got introduced to one of my co-founders, Hunter, then. And I had no idea at the time he was going to be one of my co-founders. But we instantly hit it off, talking about everything from design, marketing, sneakers, tech, music, fashion, everything. And eventually, uh, we just decided to move in together and, and got one of the dorms together. So we did that. Um, and, you know, as the semesters continued to roll on, Hunter ended up getting another job, a job at a company called Next ID down in Palm Bay. And there at the time, he was working with our third co-founder, uh, Justin. And Hunter was like, hey, man, you got to meet Justin. You know, he's really awesome. I think you guys would totally hit it off. And he was telling Justin the same stuff as well. Uh, and so then we all met. Again, it was just, again, kind of like a match made in heaven, uh, talking about design, tech, sneakers, fashion, music, everything related. Um, and so from that, we had started our first company called So Friendly. And So Friendly was this call to action to help other entrepreneurs, businesses, designers, whoever, uh, make products and things that are, hence the name, So Friendly, things that are uh, you know easy to use and people love. So uh, we had been working on So Friendly for a while. And as the company grew and as you know, college goes on, as people get older, life just happens as well. So folks start to move away. People grow up, get engaged, get married. All these things start to happen. Um, and as that kind of happens, we realize, hey, there's no great way for our team to kind of stay in sync uh, you know, like you would with a Zoom call. As people move to different time zones, that tends, tends to break. Um, and then when you look to tools like Slack or whatever it may be, or WhatsApp, iMessage, uh, you tend to lose a lot of context. You know, the example that I always give is somebody will text you K and you hear that and you go, oh my God, you know, K, are they mad? Are they fine? Are they okay? Um, and so uh, we realized, hey, there needs to be a way to kind of get, you know, your point across while still using voice, uh, just not in a real-time synchronous phone call. So we've been sitting on the idea for, yeah, for a while. Uh, fast forward to... Product Hunt Makers Festival in 2018. Um, they had their very first hackathon and Justin said, you know what, this is the opportunity, this is the time, let's build it. So in four days over Thanksgiving break, uh, we scrapped something together real kind of quick and dirty, uh, but it was a working version of Yak. Um, and we were the no-name people from Orlando, Florida. We had submitted it to the Makers Festival, just kind of hoping for the best and seeing what was gonna happen. Long story short, uh, the community ended up loving it. We crushed the competition. Got a massive wait list of 3,000 teams from Spotify, Lyft, Sparsal Sports, Facebook, Google, CVS. The list just goes on and on and on. And we were like, wow, there's really something here to this one. Uh, and so we continued to work on it for a bit. 
then randomly one day, a couple months later, got introduced to Adam Draper via a tweet. Uh, it's actually a famous article out there called the $400,000 tweet. Uh, so we got introduced to Adam via that. And as, um, you know, the conversation continued to go, Adam said, Hey, I'd love to fund your pre-seed round. And frankly, we just haven't looked back since. And so that is how we are where we are today. Oh, that's an incredible story. And so how long you've known each other then for almost like eight to 10 years or something. Yeah. We've known each other for a long while. Uh, 2013. I've known Hunter since 2013 and then Justin since 2014. So yeah, it's been a good while now. Long time. Say, I can't believe it. Right. Would you say that gives you sort of a competitive edge as co-founders building this company that you've known each other for so long? I think it does because at this point we can kind of operate as if like we're, we're brothers or, or family members, right. As you would with any other siblings. Um, Cause what you'll hear a lot of the time is founders, you know, kind of follow up to, to co-founder struggle or, you know, they meet each other real kind of later in their adult life. And it's hard for people to get along. Maybe, maybe so, but you know, being friends for so long first helped a lot just because, you know, there are the times that we, we celebrate together, but there's also the times we do argue together. But again, it's just like, you know, you're arguing with your siblings, you just kind of get over it and, and move on from it. So yeah, I think it's definitely a competitive advantage that we had. Yeah, that's cool. And was there sort of a bigger why that you had with starting Yak? Something like deeper driving you to build the company? I think wanting to do a traditional startup was inside all of us. So when we started so friendly, we, it was an LLC, never planned to take venture money or do anything like that. We were just going to be this kind of bootstrap business that we grew and that's all we were going to work on uh, just kind of as its own thing. I think inside of us though, all of us did want to do a more traditional startup, You know, try to grow the thing really fast get some venture funding for it and kind of go down that route. So I think that was always inside of us and wanting to do that uh, was kind of the, the kickstart for it. But um, really solving our own issue is why we started Yak. I mean, we, had, we were using Yak internally for our own use case and then really just kind of built it out uh, based off that. So I think starting it out from our own need helped a lot as well because we knew exactly who we were building for and what problems we were having. Yeah, that seems to be a common thread, especially amongst like the backstage portfolio or companies being started because of own personal need and um, and getting a, yeah, something off the ground because it's something that you actually need for yourself. Yeah, um, absolutely. Absolutely. It's super, super important. Well, so if someone were to go to Yak, what's what's the user experience like for them? Yeah. So uh, what I love to tell people is that for those of you who like to send voice messages on WhatsApp, or you spend too much time sending so many back and forth on Slack, uh, Yak is a great place for you. So Yak is an async messenger. Uh, so you hop into Yak and you have channels, DMs, just like you would a Slack conversation. But instead of text, uh, you send a voice message uh, or a screen share, and you also get a nice transcription with it. So every message um, has a transcription attached to it as well. In the event that you can't listen um, or you know respond with your voice right away, you can get a nice transcript and, and have the text available as well. Um, so we make the experience really easy to sign up, really easy to get in. Uh, and we want people to start yakking instantly as soon as they get in the product. Hey, it's Arlen. I wanted to just break into this conversation. I'll get right back to it. I wanted to let you know that if you're listening to this in June of 2021, Cohort 3 has just been announced for July 1st, 2021. It kicks off July 1st. It is a four-week course. and Cohorts one has uh, cohort one has already ended. Cohort two is in full swing right now, and cohort three is going to rival it. Uh, 
both cohorts that I've already gone through were sold out. I warn y'all, I warn y'all, and then it sells out. And then people write to me immediately and say, can I still get in? So I want you to get in. As soon as you get signed up, uh, you'll reserve your seat by payment. It costs $1,000 to go in. It's discounted. It's a very, very high-value product and, and uh, uh, program. It's a lot of on-demand content mixed with live sessions with me and guests every single uh, week for four weeks. So just a lot of value. People are coming out of this course revitalized, knowing what they're going to do next, feeling a grand sense of conviction and, and self-worth and, and just having information. I mean, having the actual information, what does it take to be an investor? No, you don't have to have millions. No, you don't have to have tens of thousands. You can have a couple of thousand dollars over the next two years and actually make a dent in your new portfolio startup investing. So I want you to check it out. Go to arlen.capital. That's the full URL. A-R-L-A-N dot capital. That's it. Press return. Go to it. Check it out. I will see you in class. And I, I bet you uh, cohort three will be the largest yet. Um, but we do have limited seating because we want to make sure everybody feels like they're getting a value out of it. And when we have our breakout sessions, we don't want to be too, too big on those. So arlen.capital. You have to check it out. What's one of the more surprising use cases, I guess, that you've seen from users? Yeah. So outside of the, you know, day-to-day collaboration and communication amongst teams and folks like that, one thing that really kind of took us by surprise was at the beginning of the pandemic uh, last year in 2020, when teachers were using this for kind of remote learning. So one thing that we saw, you know, especially for some local schools here in Orlando, Florida, where I'm at, um, students would be learning remotely. They would go home. And they'd have a question about said, uh, you know, homework assignment, whatever it might be. And there was no great way to have that kind of like back and forth that you can get or recreate inside of a classroom, right? Like after there's no staying after hours of school to get extra help that just like didn't exist. And so what students were doing and what teachers were doing is recording screen shares um, inside of Yak and then sending that to their students, back to the parents, back to the teacher and so on and so forth. So that way, when students had specific questions around, you know, math question number four, there wasn't like, okay, let me go find my notes, you know, over here, figure it out, and then try to relay the message back to them with a phone call or a text. It was just, hey, let me share my screen inside of Yak and directly send them the message um, and they get a nice transcript with it and it lives on forever. So that was probably one of the more surprising things that we saw. That's cool. And it had to be pretty fulfilling too, especially in the height of the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, education and teaching is super near and dear to my heart. My mom's actually a teacher. And so I've seen all the problems firsthand myself. So to be able to, you know, have your tool kind of solve that problem that folks were having, again, especially when it's your own mother, uh, helps a lot as well. So not only her, but like, you know, again, other schools as well uh, was a really, really cool thing to see. Oh, that's sweet. How would you say growing up um, with a mom as a teacher has informed you as a startup founder? Yeah, uh, lots of influence from my parents for sure. So I love both my parents to death, would not be anywhere close to where I am today without them. But having my mom as a teacher was definitely, definitely a massive influence on us because we got exposed to so many different things. It wasn't just like this one tracked kind of mind growing up. And I think being a founder, you need to be versatile on a lot of things. And I can attribute a lot of that to both my parents. But again, especially my mom having the education background, being a teacher, you know, She's teaching kids about science, about math, about English, about, you know, different cultures, history, kind of everything. And so early on, we were exposed to so much, just so much information. Um, and I think that kind of 
encouraged myself and my siblings to want to continuously learn a lot, be as educated as we could be, and just kind of know a lot about like a bunch of random stuff. Um, and so, yeah, it definitely kind of contributed to, uh, you know, who I am today and being a founder. That's cool. And what, what does she teach or what grade? So right now she's actually uh, back to teaching uh, pre-kindergarten. So very little, little kids at this point. Uh, before that, she was teaching middle school. Um, she's now decided to uh, take a step into the preschool world just because she realizes, hey, that's where kids are some of their most uh, influenceable, if you will. Uh, so let me kind of operate in that world for a bit. So yeah, she's kind of run the whole the whole age group of, uh, of kids when it comes to teaching. That's cool. My uh, wife used to be a school teacher. She taught fourth grade. And so I understand how teachers are really superstars and they don't get credit. Oh, absolute, absolute superheroes. My mom is working every day from like 7 a.m. until 8 p.m. at night helping students. So absolute superheroes for sure. Yeah, that's cool. Um, how would you say COVID sort of affected Yak and sort of the work from home? Did you see a, a large uptick in users or, um, yeah, what, yeah. what was that experience like for y'all? So, you know, I don't know if this was, you know, the good Lord looking out for us or what, but in a way, I mean, the pandemic ended up being amazing for us just because we, Yak is a remote work first tool and we were playing a long game of, you know, in three to five years, Yak is going to do what everybody's talking about because we know that's where it's all headed. And then the, that got sped up, you know, just drastically because of COVID. So in a weird sense, I mean, it was really, really good for us. And um, we just so happened to launch right before the pandemic was officially declared a pandemic. I mean, literally like a week beforehand. Uh, and like nobody could have predicted that, right? Like a year ago, you could not have predicted, hey, audio and remote are going to be super hot next year. And that's what your startup just happens to be. Nobody could have had that on their bingo card. I certainly didn't. And so, you know, when it kind of happened, I mean, it, you can almost just see it on like one day, everybody was just like searching for remote tools and the app was just at the forefront of, of that and being able to like help folks work remotely from, you know, their houses or wherever they're at in the world. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we definitely saw a big uptick in traffic. Uh, our wait list, you know, had a ton of people on it. Um, yeah, we were, we were drowning for a little bit, but we, uh, we were able to recover. So good problem to have for sure. Right, uh, exactly. but definitely interesting, you know, doing well kind of during a pandemic, but it was cool that like Yak is, you know, what enabled people to still like keep a job, still get work done and kind of not lose any of that, uh, you know, cadence that they would have otherwise. Yeah. I mean, even just what you said, people being able to keep a job, that's such a big deal. And to mm -hmm. have created something um, that didn't exist that helps people keep jobs. Uh, how does that feel? I mean, it's really cool. In the moment, you know, last year, it was kind of like, I don't say blacked out, but like it all happens just kind of so fast, right? Like, Because again, we launched, that's just like really not expecting anything. Then it became a pandemic. Everybody was searching for Yak at once. So we were just like, oh my God, it was kind of like scramble the fighter jets. Because, uh, you know, we had this, you know, three-year plan kind of kind of mapped out and, it, you know, got jumped up to a, a week uh, week's notice. So, um, yeah, it was, it was really cool. I think after the fact is when it really started to hit us. We we're like, oh my God, like people were literally able to get work done being locked in their house because of like our platform. Like that's really freaking cool. Like that we we're still able to like enable folks to like not skip a beat. So in the moment, I don't think you really realized it just because it was happening so fast. But after the fact, you know, you kind of take that moment and step back and go, wow, you know, you know, Lord willing, thank you for this. Like we were able to like have something that helped people still work, still provide for their families, still do, do what they need to do. Um, so yeah, cool moment for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. 
And what's what's big vision do you have for Yak going forward? Yeah. So what we see in the future is that Yak is just going to be how everybody communicates when it comes to audio. Uh, you know, during the pandemic, you saw tools like Zoom and then even more of the social things like Clubhouse become really popular. And what you know, what I'm saying and what I'm willing to bet on is that while those things are cool, you know, nobody in real life has the time or capacity to sit on a synchronous audio call, if you will, for six hours a day, right? I mean, you would see that all the time on Clubhouse. And so you know, when you're locked in your house bored during a pandemic, sure, I think that's great. And that makes a lot of sense. But when you're out, you know, things are opening up again. People are walking, people are going to the bar, people are going to the office, they're hanging out, they're talking to people. They need audio bites that kind of fit in between those that day-to-day stuff. And, you know, five minutes here, 10 minutes there, 20 minutes there. Nobody wants to spend time on a, on a synchronous Zoom call. And so that's where we see Yak fitting in, you know, as folks are, you know, walking down the street to their next meeting or whatever, they need to send a quick Yak to their team. Yak is going to be right there in your AirPods. And that's just how you're going to send an audio message. And so, um, and we're already starting to see it happen. Uh, you know, the, the bet that we've made so far has been right. Uh, and it's just going to, you know, kind of come to fruition even more. So we really see Yak just being that centerpiece of audio uh, over the next year, three years, five years uh, and down the line. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I see that too. And I, even I noticed that sort of difficulty of being on Clubhouse for such a long period of time. You know, some of these talks would go on for an hour, and I'm like, well, I just want to kind of briefly tune in while I'm taking my dog for a walk or going to dinner. And um, it, it didn't seem to replace what podcasts would do when it came to learning for me, as um, as it did for others. You know. Yeah, absolutely. One interesting experiment that we did last year was actually have a an AMA inside of Yak. So while again, Yak is for remote collaboration, team communication, keeping your team, you know, on the same page, we did try this AMA and a lot of folks said it was cool because, you know, for a lot of these events that happen or like the clubhouse room, you have to be there in that exact moment. And if you miss it, you miss it. Sorry, that sucks. But with the AMA it done asynchronously in Yak, they can just pop in, listen to three questions answered here. Oh, now I got to like run to my meeting or like go pick up my kid from school. Oh, now let me come back and like listen to like the other three questions. And then like they can kind of have this on their own time. Um, so the asynchronous nature of audio is really, really cool. And I think, you know, a lot of folks tend to underestimate how powerful it is and how much we actually want asynchronous in our lives as humans. If business and tech news shapes how we view the future of everything, How are we sure that those who lead the future have the full story when communities of color are rarely considered hubs for business, talent, and innovation? The Plug is the first journalism and insights platform examining Black tech innovation. By reporting on startups, investors, and corporate partnerships, they're creating business intelligence on the trends shaping Black innovation. Check out their data and become an annual subscriber for 15% off with the code ARLAN. A-R-L-A-N. Check them out at tpinsights.com. That stands for thepluginsights.com. tpinsights.com. Let them know I sent you. Something else that happened during, I guess maybe not during COVID, maybe towards the second half of the year, is this sort of large migration to Miami. Um, and like the just talking about a different tech ecosystem outside of the Bay Area and New York and Boston and and even Austin, if you think about it. Um, what are your thoughts there of like people and seemingly flocking towards or actually flocking towards Miami? 
So I have to say, it actually makes me super, super happy. So my whole, well, majority of my life, I've been based in Florida and actually we'll get to the fundraising conversation later. But at the start of Yak, remind you, we were the no ones from Orlando, Florida. Nobody, I can't tell you how many investor calls I did where people would go, you're from where? Or like, where is that? And I would say Disney World. And then we have a good laugh. Like, oh, you must go to Disney every weekend. I'm like, no, that's not the case. So anyway, I mean, there was a lot of times though that folks would literally laugh us out the door or laugh at us because we weren't in the Valley. And I don't need to get into names, but even when it came to raising our initial seed round, uh, an investor in the Valley pulled the term sheet from us because we said we weren't moving to the, the Bay Area. I was like, man, you know, my, I remember my co-founder, Justin, saying specifically like, look, dude, like we're building a company, like a remote tool company, like we're going to dog food our own product. We're not moving everybody over there. That's just like not what we're doing. So they ended up pulling the term sheet from us. So you know, I kind of have a chip on my shoulder in this sense. Cause like, yeah, you can build a really freaking cool company and not in New York or the Bay area. Like you can be in Orlando, Florida, like I am. Um, and so I think that migration to Miami is good and very representative of like, you can build a really cool company from anywhere in the world and location is pretty irrelevant. Um, so it makes me really happy. And also just, again, being a Floridian myself, it's cool to see like other talent and folks coming uh, to the sunshine state. So I'm really excited about it. I think it's a good thing. And how long is the flight from Orlando to Miami? It's really quick. I would never fly. I would just drive. It's, only oh, you would? it's, it's a couple hour drive. Okay. So yeah, not, not bad at all. It's not like the Bay area to LA or anything. Yeah. Well, when the uh, unofficial Miami tech week was happening, I ended up driving down at like 11 PM on like a Tuesday. It's like quick enough to be able to do that. So, Got it. um, so yeah, pretty close. Yeah, that's cool. Um, what would you say, or what is your first billion story? Yeah, so the first million story probably, I mean, is that seed round for us. So we had, the story's kind of nuts. So we had a term sheet from an investor and mind you, this is around Christmas time. Everything was so surefire to go. All of the follow-on investors ready. Everything was just basically teed up. We were just waiting for signatures. And I will never forget in the car with Justin, we're driving back from our little co-working space and the investor calls us, says, Hey guys, basically, sorry, I can't do the deal because you guys are not moving to the Bay area. Like we just can't make this happen. And this is a couple of days before Christmas. And we're just like freaking out going, Oh my goodness. Like what in the world are we going to do? And at the time, you know, we needed the, we needed the money for the seed rounds. Um, and so we just were like, well, okay, well, you don't really have an option. So we had to go figure it out. And I remember, uh, then I got connected with Pat Matthews from active capital, uh, based out of Texas who ended up leading our seed round. And that was our first million for the company. And that just truly changed our lives and kind of the trajectory of the company. We were able to hire more folks, um, you know, get the software and the tools that we were needed. And that really just kind of set us on the upward tick of, of where we're headed. And that was also before. Uh, you know, right before the pandemic became officially became a pandemic. So um, yeah, shout out to Pat for, you know, the first million believing us in the seed round and uh, helping us get to where we are today. So that's our story. Kind of nuts. Right. It's very, it's yeah. very time too. Yeah. Especially like someone pulling out a term sheet last minute. Yeah. I mean, it was, again, we don't need to harp on the negativity here, but it was so right. last minute and it was just before Christmas. So like, you know, everybody's already on vacation. Everybody's just kind of ready to relax and hang out a bit. Uh, and then you just kind of get this bomb dropped on you and it's like, Oh my gosh, you know, uh, but I guess in the context of the company, you don't really have a choice. So you just go, you go figure it out. And, uh, you know, Pat was our savior there. So shout out to yeah, him. It worked out in the end and, um, backstage is a, uh, uh investor as well. Um, yep. and so, um, 
last or second to last question here. Um, that's a little bit different is what do you like to do for fun outside of work? Yeah. So outside of work, I love to be outside. I love playing sports. I love working out. I like gaming. I like call of duty and Fortnite stuff like that. I'm also really into like music, sneakers, uh, some fashion stuff here and there. Um, and really just hanging out with my friends as well. Granted, it's been hard for the last year, but I love hanging out with my friends when I can. So that's cool. Yeah. I love playing Call of Duty and Fortnite as well. So we might have to play sometime. It's so fun. We absolutely should. Yeah. It's cool. Uh, actually last year during the pandemic, I had a game show in the context of Yak called Startup Survivor, where we had, we had an interesting problem. So we realized we, we want a bunch of users and all of our users want intros to VCs. And then we also had a ton of VCs that like knew who we were because the app became really hot, um, wanting to connect with other startups. And I said, oh man, there's a really great opportunity in the middle of that to get you know <laughs> new users for us. And so I came up with a Startup Survivor, myself and Hunter, my other co-founder. Um, and so Startup Survivor, the, all the planning was done over Yak. So if you wanted to be on the show, you had to like send us a Yak. It all took place through Yak. So it was a really good lead generation tool. But on the show, essentially, startups would uh, pitch VCs in a game of Fortnite and the pitch went on as long as the duo stayed alive inside of the game. And it was really cool. Caught some traction for a little bit. Um, and it's just like a fun way to get you know new leads for Yak kind of during the pandemic and, and bring everybody together and have some fun while we're all locked in the house. So yeah, Fortnite's near and dear to my heart. Yeah. And they, they do such an incredible job with the game. Um, I could talk for about Fortnite for, for a long time. But <laughs> yeah. I don't think Arlen wants that. Um, and so uh, where can people find you and Yak? Yep. So uh, to find Yak, we're just at YAC on Twitter. We're really big there. We respond to everybody. Uh, and then I'm just at Jordan L. Walker um, and on Twitter. And then likewise, you can also Yak me at yak.com forward slash Jordan. Uh, and you can send me a yak. So those are the, uh, the two best places to find myself and the yak team. Cool. Well, thanks for, for or thanks for coming, Jordan. And, uh, I look forward to, um, meeting you in person. I don't Have we met in person? I don't think, I don't think so. Yet. Yeah. I don't think there's still a bunch of people that I need to check off the bucket list to meet in person. <laughs> and now that things are finally opening up again, uh, I'll be able to, to, you know, meet all those folks like yourself. So yeah, soon enough. Yeah, and we'll definitely be playing COD or, or Fortnite soon, so. Absolutely, absolutely, hey. man. Uh, well, yeah, this has been super fun. Thank you again for having me. Hey, it's Arlen. Thanks for listening to this episode. So I would love to keep up with you online. You can find me at Arlen Was Here on Instagram and on Twitter. That's A-R-L-A-N Was Here. I cannot wait to continue this conversation with you. Your First Million is produced by Anna Eichenauer. Executive producer, Arlen Hamilton. Associate producer, Chacho Valadez. Theme song is used by permission by the artist, Tobey Nguigwe.